You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. All right, let me tell you about uh, Tommy John. Men and women love Tommy John. I love my Tommy John. I'm wearing my Tommy Johns right now. Both men's and women's underwear sport a no-wedgie guarantee. Comfortable stay-put waistbands and fabrics that are so soft and uh, they're designed to move with you. Dress shirts. I'm wearing the undershirt right now and I'm wearing the underpants right now. I wore the dress shirt last time I went on Kimmel. The new air collection for ladies. Quick drying, antimicrobial fabric. No visible panty lines. So good if you're uh, wearing the yoga pants or Mm -hmm. the uh, tight-fitting dresses. All backed by the best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee the stuff is the best you'll never go back to what you were currently wearing it is tommy john no adjustment needed right matt yeah hurry to tommyjohn.com slash carcast right now to get 20 percent off your first order that's tommyjohn.com slash carcast for 20 percent off tommyjohn.com slash carcast Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice but to get on mandate. Get it on. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for telling a friend we love that about you. So, uh, I'm Adam Crawl. It's Matt, the moderator. Andrea over there. So much to uh, get into. We were at the uh, Long Beach Grand Prix last weekend. So, uh, news to report from uh, from that. Um, I got a, a couple things to uh, that are fresh on my mind that mm-hmm. I thought might be fun to get into. So you guys have heard me <clears throat> complain slash scream about drowning over engine sounds with generic rockabilly guitar. Yeah. And how all that does to me is just scream hack and amateur hour. Mm-hmm. And I said, there's nothing more visceral than the sound of the engine. Um, and I hadn't thought about that sort of bootleg film. It, it has sort of like, um, it's a, it, it, it has a lot of lore to it, which is uh, Rendezvous. And Rendezvous was something that was shared, I guess it was filmed in Paris in 1976. And there's a lot of mystery surrounding it. And it was shared back, when people shared things like, I don't know how, I don't know how my roommate Ralph in La Crescenta, California had a bunch of jerky boys cassettes, you know what I mean? Like they're in, I don't know, out of Long Island or something or New Jersey or whatever. He had jerky boy cassettes, Yeah, you know, like in the early nineties and we're like, I don't know. How'd you get jerky boy cassettes? How does this work? Like there is no internet. How does this work? But this movie I called a movie. It's a, I don't know, seven minute film of a guy going through the streets of Paris at dawn. And, uh, and there's always a lot of mystery, like who drove that car? What car was it? Mm-hmm. Um, who was the filmmaker who made that whatever? And, uh, so Pete Brock sent me an email over the weekend that said like they finally got some clarity on like who this was, who made the film was always, again, a lot of mystery about who was behind the wheel of the car because the, the, the camera was mounted on the bumper of the car. 
So it was just the sort of point of view or the grill of the car. You yeah. could you could never see the car, and you could never see the driver. So and and and, and this this weird little bootleg thing just sort of captured uh, all the car nuts. Like it was like crazy underground. You know, would have did. Um, Jim Cotta was that the Bart Connors Jim, movie? Jim Cotta. Jim Cotta was the Jim Cotta was the movie. Jim Cotta is is not. But um, you know, thing has you know hundred million views. This yeah, would have yeah. had a hundred one million views on the internet. <laughs> like if if this thing was done like they do it now, and it Ken Block style, it, this was sort of a Ken Block Jim Cotta. Yeah, yeah. sorry, now, Jim Cotta. Now what before, year are we talking? S- 76. 76. So you're reading a letter and you didn't you didn't hear me. <laughs> Back to the groundlings for you. Uh, so this was 76 and this would have blown up the internet, but there was no internet, but still people found a way to like share it. Like I think I think the first time I saw it would have probably been around like 1998 and someone just had on a VHS tape. Okay. And they just popped it in, and we just watched it. But turn the sound up, Maxipata, if you have it, and and we'll play. I'll just play thirty seconds of it, and you'll you'll get the you'll get the gist of it. A little disappointed that Motorator didn't know Rendezvous just by title. <laughs> so they're just going up an on ramp, and they're going down the Champs Elysees to the Arc de Triomphe. But listen to the sound. coming up in the next 10 seconds on how much motor sound there is as he heads to the square he has to like downshift and yeah he's just miss. going straight right now and he's going to start getting right. Some right turn it up next round. So Pete went on. You can bring it down. Sorry. So the Pete went on to say in wow. this. All right. So everyone kind of thought, all right, we don't know if it's a Formula One driver. We don't know who's driving. But it must be. We know it, it's a Ferrari uh, Daytona. We know that's a V12 Daytona sound. And everyone knows that sound. Anyone who's seen Gone in 60 Seconds. <laughs> Peak. RPM of 4,400. <laughs> <laughs> Is he getting out of the pits? Yeah. No, like, no. And we'll sun straight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so uh, Enzo Ferrari called him and told him to back off yeah. so they could have a one, two, three finish. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's no. peak horsepower. Yeah. Peak RPM. Yeah, it's great. It's in my annals of great bad car <laughs> scenes. Um, so everyone said, well, it's a Ferrari. Um, Daytona, and it sounds like almost. It sounds like it's got the. It sounds like it's got like the air cleaners off or whatever. Maybe a racing, you know, racing trim, whatever. Um, so Pete sent me this this email that said, you know, they finally got to the bottom 
of this stuff. I don't know if Max Pata has access to it. Yeah, I, I have it here. So one scene, one take, no dialogue, no chase, no hero car or driver in sight. Yet Claude Lelouch's hypnotic, electrifying Cetate Un Rendezvous is one of the best car films of all time. For years, its creation was shrouded in mystery. No one knew how it had been made, what kind of car the film featured, or who was behind the wheels. Baxter was embellished, even fabricated, and it took on mythic proportions since its 1976 uh, debut. Rendezvous has rightfully become a legend, and Haggerty posted an article getting to the bottom of all of it. Now, read down on it because it, it explains who the driver was and what the camera car was. And that's what I found so interesting. But it's also what made me <laughs> it's also what made me march into Nate's office this morning and go, would you watch this? Watch this. Had a funny discussion. I was like, I want this and I want the guy who's editing Adam Carolla goes racing. I want him in here, too. And he yeah. goes... Uh, well, that's Doug. Yeah. And I said, all right, get Doug in this office, and I want to watch this with the both of you. And he went, uh, Doug had to go home. And I said, <laughs> what happened to Doug? He spilled bleach on himself. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, let me tell you how I'm wired. I'm like, he what? He had yeah. to go home because he spilled bleach on himself, and he went, he was cleaning the bathroom. And I went, okay. Yeah. I'm now done with Doug. I'm not sure why. Maybe those uh, Nigerian brothers jumped him when he was walking out of the bathroom. Is that <laughs> Max Patty? You look like you're in uh, deep thought. Oh, I'm, I'm reading the. I'm just reading the article. Okay. Here. Well, doesn't it have a? Yeah, read that yeah, part. So uh, the long-standing belief that Rendezvous featured a Ferrari only fed rumors that race car driver Jacques Lafitte had been behind the wheel and reached speeds of 200 miles per hour, but Lalouche drove the car himself, his the, own... The director, yeah, the filmmaker. His own Mercedes-Benz 450 SEL. All right, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> 450 SEL is oftentimes an automatic. Yeah. Back then, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I God, the 76. I mean, the 76, by the time they got to the 76. Look at this. Wait, 76 SEL, did you say? 450 SEL. Oh, 76 right. was the, mo- the year it came out, but. Yeah, oh, he's get, driving his own year. SEL. I mean, yeah. that's a, there's the SL. Yeah. That's the two-door. But I'm not sure if the SEL is the two-door sports car, maybe a European version or something like that. The point is, is that Mercedes has no sound like this at all. And the reality is, is he probably wasn't even moving that fast. He's probably just, yeah, he's driving a sedan. Yeah. Yeah. He's driving a four-door Mercedes. And my uh, my grandmother had a Mercedes. Like, it's got a weird diesel-y sound. Mercedes have a weird diesel-y sound. They did. That thing, would that thing have a straight six in it? Well, we'll figure it out. Either, Either way. Either way, he was driving that in a good clip, but not any different. Like, there was a part or two where he, like, passed the guy on the straightaway. Yeah. And that guy, presumably, the guy he passed, is driving, like, a bone stock LeCar, right? Yeah, and yeah. He, and he, he must have pa- – that guy must have been going 40, 45 miles an hour. And when he passed him, it looked like when you're on the freeway and one guy's going 50 and the other guy's doing 80. Yeah, but he but not two hundred. Like the point is, is he, I think this guy just got into a Mercedes four door, put the camera on the bumper, took a spirited drive. Yeah, and is probably automatic. Took a spirited drive and then laid over this Ferrari. 
Yeah. And turned it into a totally different thing. Now I kind of want to go back and see it again. Does it seem like he sped it up? No. Or does it, he didn't it's speed just, it? Let it's him, just the engine sounds sorry. alone make yes! it sound like. Yes! <laughs> yeah. Go so, ahead and read it. <laughs> all right. So what happened was he dubbed in the sound of the Ferrari 275 GTB after the fact. And uh, and then he opted for the Mercedes because of the uh, hydro pneumatic suspension, which cushioned the camera, okay. which made it uh, smooth. And then he added all the squealing tires and uh, engine and shifting gear to make it sound more exciting than his car. There are no camera tricks in this film. He really reached speeds up to 142 miles per hour. I don't think he got going yeah. that fast in yeah. that car. Maybe that one long straightaway. I just don't know yeah. how it's happening. Now, his cinematographer and key grips sat in the car with him, handling a remote to control the camera's uh, focus and aperture. He also had a spotter, an assistant, who was supposed to let him know whether there was traffic or pedestrians as he exited. Um, yeah, he was... It's yeah. All right. Pretty crazy. That's how would they communicate with him? Like what sort of signals? Walkie talkie. Walkie talkie. He had a walkie talkie, but the guy's walkie talkie broke. So he wasn't able to. Yeah. He credits the cinema gods with helping him get the film in one take. He had just one chance and against all odds, he succeeded. Right. Well, but it's the, the world's greatest achievement in sound editing now. <laughs> yeah. It's like. Watch like, it. I mean, you can see he's downshifting and upshifting and stuff, but the bumper never moves. Yeah. Like, watch it. Watch him go through the town square again. You'll see all this downshifting and upshifting and braking and stuff. But a car of that era, especially even a Ferrari, when you brake hard or you upshift, there's going to be you're going to rock back and rock forward. Right. Yeah. Sorry, go Let's ahead. See it. Just go into the Champs Elysees. Mm-hmm. Oh, the I Arc de Triomphe. Sorry. He's going for a double down in here. There's never any hiccups. No, and not a lot of body roll. Yeah. He's not passing the cars at that great a speed. Right. Like this car is coming, coming up, up on. on a guy who's going 30. Like he's coming up on guys that are going 35 miles an hour, 40 miles an hour, and he's still it's kind of coming up on him, but he's not. If you're going 150, yeah. you're blowing past these guys. All right. All right. So it's all engine sound. It's all engine sound. All right. We should take this and put generic rock guitar over it and see what it looks like. <laughs> I bet it would look like the slowest, <laughs> slowest street race the most ever. boring. <laughs> it would have never gone viral. No. All right. It's amazing how just the sound changes everything. All right, Max Pata. Now, who are you going to agree with then? <laughs> that... that- that's great. <laughs> just That's the great. sound, the throatiness. It's exciting. But what? But There's tension. But it'd be better if we had generic ZZ Top, right? <laughs> I I was never a fan of the generic rock. All right. Well, just band, for fun, we'll put stupid generic rock underneath that and see what it. Well, what it looks all this like. other work is too much work, apparently. <laughs> all right. Let me tell you uh, about uh, Zybar before we get too deep into this. Carcast brought to you by Zybar for better engine performance, horsepower, and fuel economy, and lower underhood temperatures. Zybar is the ultra-thin, high-temperature coating, reduces radiant heat by 90%. You learn more at Zycoat.com. That is Zy, Z-Y, Zycoat.com. Um, yeah, so 
I was talking to Nate, and I was like, the importance of sound. <laughs> I was like, oh, we got it. You? Well, you know, it's funny. I was like, Nate, I was telling him like, and when we do these, you know, going racing car things, you know, uh, we do the auctions. We got to get the car right with the money, with the total. And he was like, ah, that's just a trailer just to let the people know you're at the auction, you know? And I was like, okay, but it still seems like we sold that car for 220 grand. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, but it's just a snippet to let people know you're at the thing. And I just said, look, do we have the footage of the car that was sold at auction? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, as long as we have that footage, then let's use that footage. And it's more work to do it the way he did it. And I would even argue the same thing on the sound because this clip we just saw was a guy who recorded engine sounds and edited it together. When you say, hey, I'm doing the hill climb of the 935, play the engine sound, this doesn't mean go to the shop and fire up the car and record the sound. It means just play what you recorded. You got the sound while in the car, and it's and fantastic. And heat it up, yes. Yeah, just, just no music. Well, what I'm, what I'm saying is to you and Max Zapata, uh, the sound of the Mercedes went over. Okay. Would that be enhanced? Would this experience be enhanced on the movie Rendezvous if we took the Ferrari and we moved it we took the we turned the knob from ten down to three and then laid over rock music over the top of it. No, this wouldn't be anything with it would be nothing. It'd be nothing. Okay. We wouldn't be having the conversation. Well now we have our answer, people. <laughs> we have our answer. Yeah. All right. Uh <laughs> we just got back from the uh Max Pat's gonna try to do this. We I'm curious what this will do to our brain. Oh, it's going to ruin my day. <laughs> Go ahead. See if you can do it. <laughs> like, would you get a GoPro and put on your... your uh... it, it really doesn't look fast anymore. Feels a lot slower. So even with how fast this song is, you put so a GoPro on your moped and went around Paris. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's barely moving now, right? Right. And this is a look. He's catching his car. How much slower he's catching these cars? Yeah, that car off into the distance now with the red lights in the back just. That guy's like breaking and he's barely catching it. it. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, I just, uh, you guys, we just underwent an interesting little thought experiment here, didn't we? Yeah. Guess who was right. All right. Interesting. (laughs) We'll put that up on uh, carcastshow.com. It's kind of a funny thing. And and, and Max Pat, I know you were shorthanded back there, but we should even pick a less paced rock song. That was just the first one I found. Yeah, I know. We could could find something. A little, a little slower. Bit, yeah. Find one but, that's slower good pace idea, and see though. what it does. Yeah, good idea. It <laughs> it's not his it. idea. It's my idea. <laughs> well, that's what I said. Good idea. Yeah, you're saying it don't to you, look Adam. Yeah. Don't, look. don't you, look. at, no, you look at both... me or you look at the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you never look at me Can when we you turn say those that? lights off? Of no, the I didn't. I, I didn't. I, it wasn't even really an idea. It was just something that kept going yeah. and it led me to this place. But uh, we find our generic rock. Anyway.
Um, we, we're going to have to go to the Long Beach Grand Prix and just wear like Bose noise canceling headphones that play some music instead of the actual racing and see if any of those cars go slow, by fast. Everything slows way <laughs> everything down. Everything slows so way down. We went to uh, Long Beach Grand Prix. We got to hang out. The stadium truck truck race is the best. It's so much fun. It is the best. We saw the GTO IMSA cars going. Uh, our friend, our new friend, uh, Craig Bennett from uh, Michigan was driving the 1990 Nissan 300ZX, a Clayton Cunningham car, and he basically just led start to finish. Um, that car's yeah. insane. and Man, that car looks so cool out there, and he did such a great job. Yeah. It's great to talk to him. That car is uh, very fast, and um, it's... Uh, I mean, to be fair to everyone in the field, uh, I was told that car's putting down 850 to the rear wheels, <laughs> yeah. uh, which means 1,000 horsepower, and uh, it, and that's a lot. Uh, I mean, you know, you're dealing with, you know, Ford Mustangs and Camaros and Pontiac Firebirds and Roush Mustangs and Oldsmobile Cutlass and, like, that 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 stuff, but that stuff is... I mean, you, you have a really well-built V8, and you're putting out about 735 or 750, like on a really yeah. nicely built. I mean, I know like that C7R vet I had had 850. That's like a NASCAR engine. I mean, I don't know. So you're probably – some of these guys who are driving a Roush Mustang, I'm guessing you're knocking on the door of 800 horsepower. I'm sure. I'm sure they are. But And these are all pretty freshened up. We talked to – Some of those cars look really good. Yeah, yeah. They're, but – They're not necessarily using all the old technology. They got some pretty modern stuff going on, the engine, computers. The uh, – yeah, that Nissan. I don't know what the Nissan has in terms of weight. It's – see – it's probably got another 100 horsepower on it than a Roush Mustang, and it's pr- maybe it's 100 pounds lighter. I don't know. But uh, either way, these guys were out there getting it, and uh, it was a great field. And uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we got the results printed uh, out. We're looking at I was the, like looking the, down, the and, and I was like, oh, we saw Les down there. And I was like, oh, Les. Les is down there, and I was like, well, who, what are you doing, Les? He's like, I, I got my Oldsmobile Cutlass out here. And I was like, oh, who's driving it? And he's like, Bruce something. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I Matt handed me this finishing list. I was just looking down it, just like, oh, yeah, that's good. Craig came in number one. It, he did a 124 lap. Our friend Martin Lauber came in in, in like uh, 11th or 12th place, and he did like uh, he did like a 134 and blah, blah, blah. And I just sort of glanced at the bottom, and I saw – 154. And I was like, oh, what? 154. And then I looked over, it's like Oldsmobile Cutlass. And I'm like, Vista, California. And I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Far be for me to make fun of anybody, but it says lap number one. I don't know. Oh, and I think he probably had to pull out of there, but a little bit off the pace. Yeah. Um, and in practice, they did two or three laps. The thing that in. was funny, here's an interesting kind of an interesting thing the guy the big tall guy in the chevy beretta that i thought was the same as tommy kendall's chevy beretta yeah because it kind of was he had the second fastest lap at 124.8 which is right no one else is in 124 but 
but Craig. So that guy was moving, and he that moving. Beretta, and that yeah. Beretta was nice. That thing was cool. I mean, it was really well done. You guys have to see this thing because he was so set back. He's such a tall guy that he was sitting like, like behind the B pillar. Yeah. Like if you got in the door and then you didn't get into the front of the seat, it was like it was it was pretty far back, and the steering column was. Yeah, I mean, this guy Huge. must have been six four and changed, yeah. and he was a big guy, and uh, this thing's way back, but he could drive that car, and I guess something broke on it or something, but uh, that was cool. You don't see many Berettas. You see tons of Mustangs and a lot of Capris and uh, Firebirds, and uh, oh, they had the uh, they had the Diatli, so I became very familiar with the Diatli race team and the Camaros they were racing because Willie T raced a Camaro for Deatley, and they had a couple of the Deatley had the uh, Hobbs, David Hobbs one out there, too. Very interesting. I had a long talk um, on Sunday, fresh off the hot Grand Prix. I was, uh, my mom and my stepdad came over. Yeah. And we had one of our annuals sit down and talk about nothing. Oh, you didn't watch uh, the Indy race? <laughs> no. <nah. laughs> uh, talk about nothing discussions but max pat just for fun just because i want to blow uh the motorator's mind mm-hmm. um vw squareback volkswagen vw squareback which was kind of my mom's predominant ride um my stepdad who's socially pretty awkward is, is kind of a rancher and uh he used to have to work on my mom's car all the time and he was explaining to me that when he popped the hood, of course, the hood is not where the engine is in that car. It's in the back. It's inside the car, really. Yeah. But the hood, uh, when he popped it, is where the spare and the wiper motor and, and the wiper spray and all that reservoir and everything. As he said he was like shocked and appalled when he learned that the wiper spray was propelled by the air in the spare tire. tire. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I remember hearing that once or mm-hmm. him saying it once, but still being like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> that weird conceit. Yeah. Like, and it was like, well, don't you run the air out of your spare? And it's like, well, you have to fill it up, like, yeah. like occasionally. And it was like, God damn. I mean, how cheap do you have to be? But are there other cars that do that? If you blow a spare due to bad weather, you're really screwed because now right, you've got right. <laughs> now you've got a flat spare and you need it. Right. And uh either you know, you either gonna clean the windows or not. So we sat and it's we, a it's a task too. It's like you gotta like unscrew something, yeah, right? Yeah. Like I mean so we sat and we, <laughs> we sat and we talked about my mom's uh, VW Squareback for an extended period of time. Super long. That's all we did was talk about her VW Squareback <laughs> for a super long time, which is weird. And the whole time I was thinking, I got an air-cooled car. Yeah. It's more valuable, maybe twice as valuable as a VW Squareback. Maybe. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm not going to... Not exactly, but close enough. I mean, like just a, for the sake of discussion. We'll round up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was like, 
It is, but but it perfectly encapsulated my relationship because we are sitting here doing a deep dive on your two thousand dollar car from nineteen seventy four, and we just kept talking and talking about. It. Eventually, we got into like what's going on with their house and the, their eleven hundred square foot house and blah blah blah. But we never talked about anything fun or interesting or cool. And again, like I'm always, it's always funny. They came over to you, or you went there. Oh, they come over to me. I can't. I'm not going into their house. And they didn't want to talk about the house. Oh, they always they'll 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 say like, "Oh, this looks good for having a party or something." But that they keep it pretty pretty generic. But I realize like the whole point is to talk about nothing, so we just talk about nothing. But yeah. this time we really talked about nothing. It was weird. <laughs> and then every once in a while they'll go like if they say, "So what are you doing?" I go, "I just I make documentaries and I you know, do car stuff, do some car races and do some documentaries. And they go, okay. But they never go like, <laughs> what is the car race? Yeah, or what's what? the documentary about? What kind of movies are you making? No, we never get into that part. We just get into the part where you're generically talking about what you're doing. Did you find how that mechanism works? Yeah, it's just, they, they, uh, it's really popular in Beatles. Beatles did it too. Yeah. Oh, Beatles did it too. Yeah, and just they use air pressure from the spare tire. So they, the spare is actually purposely overinflated to accommodate this function when you get the car. But yeah, there's a <laughs> valve coming from the, the car. from the tire that would that's what would uh, power the uh, uh, windshield washers. <laughs> that's interesting. It's sort of like is it I, hooked up all the time. Yes, and then, I don't. And then if you use a spare, you gotta unplug it. I, you must have to undo it. I mean, they must have some sort of finger. You know, some sort of knurled finger thing or something. How like does you, that not leak? Oh, you know, it's got to leak. It's got to be leaking yeah. all yeah. the time. And I guess, right? like, the, the valve would go into the steering column before even getting to the windshield. So, like, if the if the plastic of the valve really deteriorated, your your lap would have windshield fluid on it. <laughs> oh. it like, I kind of get, I like the MacGyver-esque sense of the whole thing, but I would argue that, just add another $7 to the price of your car and put a pump in there. Yeah. That's uh, that's what I'm saying. All right. Tell us a little about Geico, and then I got some more for you. Yeah, absolutely. We've got uh, Geico. Everybody's got this to-do list. You drop off your dry cleaning. You pick up some milk. And now you can add save hundreds of dollars to that list, and you don't have to pick up or drop off anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. So if you want some extra money in your pocket, this is the most rewarding to-do you can do today. Be sure to check out Geico.com. Um, yeah, we had... Uh we had this funny thing, which we had a we're, we got to go up in the uh, Acura uh, hospitality suite and hang yes. out. And there's one super drunk guy there. Oh yeah, and this drunk guy was he was lit, which I don't judge. And he's a nice guy. I think we met him at some other event. Yeah, blah, blah, yeah, blah, he blah, just blah. had a couple of cocktails. He's, he's fine, but he had a sea breeze or something he had like a cranberry and vodka and it was up to the top of the edge 
And he wouldn't take a sip he off take, it. He, he threatened to. Like, he put it to his mouth a couple and times he and was, just kind of went away. So, and, like, you're sitting, and he's standing over you, and he's talking the whole time, and he's getting animated, and he's holding this drink, and it, I all I could do is stare at the drink, because he was going to spill it in my lap. That's like, it. He was going to spill it. He was just holding it and talking and talking and holding it. And, he's like, and I just kept looking at the drink going, like, uh, and he wouldn't set it down. He wouldn't set it, down. He wouldn't set it down. He wouldn't take a sip of it. He just kept holding it he was kind of a close talker he was a close talker which i don't mind i don't have personal space but he's a close talker he had this cranberry drink and it was just like and i was just like you're drunk as hell take a hit off that thing would <laughs> just, you or i'll take or a hit off us, it. like right yeah just pour a little bit out and you were like sitting on the on the stool uh, you know, at the one of the high top tables, and he was standing next to you, and I see you just keep dodging your knees and legs <laughs> out of the way because you're like, "Where's he going to go with this? Where's he going to go with this?" I and know. then after he he was talking to me as well, I thought he was doing the same thing. I got a couple pictures of him doing it, and then he goes and talks to the girl that he was like his friend or work with or something, mm-hmm. and nine seconds into the conversation, he spills it all over her feet and his feet. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, and it was on his hand, and he's shaking his hand, and he's like, yeah, I was like, I don't know how you dodged it for 19 minutes, and he was nine seconds into that conversation with the girl, and both of their boots are covered in, in I don't know, sea breeze or vodka crayons or something. Also, uh, <laughs> I got something else that happened there is I am very liberal with my phone. Um, I don't have a security code on my phone and i tend to leave my phone on top of tables when i've decided the place is safe i don't like this brick in my pocket i just leave it on the table and then i know where it is and then at some point we're leaving and i was like where's my phone and then we went to the table and it's gone and it's like what happened to my phone and somebody had collected it and sent it to lost and found although we were never more than Five feet from the table? Right. It was... <laughs> the suites were set up like each sponsor has their own little double door. So we were with right. Acura. And right. yeah, they only sit a handful of people there. We were standing next to it. So remember when we went to Burbank and I put my backpack down and somebody just took my backpack? Yep. I don't mind the security part, although it's a little weird that the backpack already went through security. Yeah. So I don't know what it could pose, but... I just mind the part where you don't walk to the front of the group and go, is this somebody's backpack? Right. Like, if my back is turned to you and I'm standing four feet from a table and my phone is on it and you come up behind me and take the... It's the exact same thing happened at Burbank Airport, which is we're all watching the sports bar TV sets. Anyone who knows the Burbank Airport knows. Yeah, yeah. We're all facing this way. My backpack is five feet behind me on the ground. Security guy comes up behind me, picks it up, and turns around and walks back. So... <laughs> I, I'm not sneaking by. Not like I'm ever going to see him go past with yeah. the bag. And then I turn around and the bag's gone. Yeah. So I don't mind you taking the bag or the phone, but you have to Make go. Make an announcement. You have to say Whose to people, is, is this somebody's phone? Yeah. In which case, whatever. And then later on, after you've taken my phone, please don't announce, we found your phone. <laughs> like oh you lost your phone there's yeah. like a lot of that i'm like yeah. no 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 did not leave i didn't lose my phone i no. set my phone on a table it's exactly what somebody to see took to my it. somebody took it somebody and took my phone I, I was thinking about this too what about the uh, uh you didn't tell anybody you didn't tell any of the staff who were working that hospitality because we asked the waiters 
we asked the bartenders, like the people that you would go to first, right? right. And nobody knew. They're like, I don't know. I don't right. know. I don't know. They didn't know. And they, they actually checked. They, they looked around. They talked to some people. Like they put an effort into it. So if you're going to go and take, hey, I'm going to swipe somebody's phone because I think they're gone – why not hit up a few staff and go, hey, do you know whose phone this is? Do you know whose phone this is? Should I put it in lost and found? If you hear from somebody, if somebody asks you, tell me. And yes. they didn't do it. Um, It'd be nice. Um, I, yeah. oh, by the way, you missed uh, you missed lunch on Sunday. We Saturday, we got there. Lunch ended at 2. We got there 2.01. Yeah, we just, they were putting everything away when we got there. So Sunday, I went, I was like, it's 11. I was like, we need to get there to get this lunch. It was lobster and steak. We had track mm. lobster. <laughs> we had track lobster. <laughs> How was it? It was fantastic. Oh, it was man. good. Plus, the price is right. Oh, yeah. uh, I'll tell you guys about Castrol Edge. You know, Castrol Edge is stronger under pressure. Engines can lose up to 10% of performance due to friction, and Castrol Edge with fluid titanium transforms under this pressure to keep metal apart and fight power-robbing friction to unlock exhilarating performance. It's three times stronger than the leading full synthetic against viscosity breakdown per the Kurt Orban test. Is it Orban? I want to say or- Orban. I always say Orban. Orban. Uh, test in the 5W30 Viscarade. Hmm. Interesting. I want to say Orban. Yeah. Well. Edge formula, Edge, Castrol Edge formula always exceeds toughest industry standards by new and improved formula that uh, incorporates the latest technology that makes it transform to the strongest when pressure is highest. So check out Castrol Edge. All right. So we saw some really cool cars. We saw the Steve Millen car, chassis 02, that won the, ra- yes. uh, won the race. The 04 chassis we we're excited to go see, but the guy had a little ding up during qualifying or practice or something and had to put it in his trailer and yes. took it home, right? And then um, he did. And then uh, s- uh, Sunday, by the way, I went over and spoke to uh, Simon Pagino. He's such a nice guy, yeah, uh, indie driver. And, uh, you know, he, he, he reached out. He said, come by, make sure you see me. I said, thank you. And went over there and uh, got into his paddock and walked us through the car. And, and it's funny because the cars are just kind of out there to see. But when the bodies are removed... They don't want you to take any pictures. They're like, well, technically, the suspension is proprietary, so mm-hmm. we don't want you to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I chatted with him, and we're going to have him uh, come back in at some point and do a car cast with us because it's been a while since he's been in. Yeah. And, and I was talking to him. I was like, hey, are you doing any sports car racing as well? And he said, yeah, I am for accurate. He goes, it's really weird. He goes, because I'm driving for the Penske team here, Chevy-powered engines, and somehow – they all let me go drive uh, Acura sports cars as well. I was like, well, if you're the nicest guy here, Simon, like they all want you on the team. They want you to do stuff. So he's doing a bit of that. He's getting, a, he, it's always behind the wheel and he's a car guy. So he's having a lot of fun. Um, and then after that, we went over to uh, Graham Ray Hall's paddock and uh, I sat down with Bobby Ray Hall and chatted for a little while. And then in, in Bobby Ray Hall fashion, he, uh, he just whipped out his phone and started going through Apple computer livery Porsche. <laughs> images and he's like he's like you know i tell you about this and then i tell you about this and he's like this is delivery and we we have the uh the storyboard in the shop with the apple computer livery car and there's the two versions with the slightly different number on it yeah there's like there's like the italicized number nine that dave mm-hmm. merrick likes mm-hmm. and then there's the straight up numbers mm-hmm. he's all in on the italicized nine 
Yeah. Yeah. That's the better looking one and he's all in on that one. Well, it's a good <laughs> it's a good or interesting sign when uh your car and I saw this in a tweet where it's like someone was asking about our 300 ZX and we have the only Clayton Cunningham car that's a naturally aspirated Infinity V8. Everyone else has that turbo, turbo, the twin turbo six, which is a really cool piece. But we have the last iteration. And when you come back and you go like, no, that was a 75 car and that was a 76 car. They all ran 75 or 76 and they just toggled back and forth. So it's kind of hard to figure out which car was which. Via the number, um, I'll tell you, they're little things. And so some of those cars ran 1, 75, and 76. So when you get the car, theoretically, and you're restoring the car, any race car, you have to kind of make a decision like, well, where? And I think the I think the conceit is, well, when it won Daytona, this is its livery. Or yeah. when it won Le Mans, this was its livery. Like, I think you pick its best win or brightest hour and, and just put it into that livery. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's the decision will be made by like the car gods because they'll go, well, what was it when it won its biggest race? And that's where we'll, yeah. that's where we'll put it. Uh, the number will be put in, but there's also little things with like the turbos versus the naturally aspirated versus the different years, like little things. I've, I've seen it in my Newman cars. I've seen it with the um, uh, Oldsmobile Cutlass. Like some have the exhaust in the back. Some right. the exhaust, some is a double coming out of one side. Some is a single on each side. Yeah. Some is just one on one side. Or uh, Actually, that doesn't exist. I made that one up. Um, the 300ZX, some have the exhaust right off the front wheel. Like the turbo style. Yeah. The others, like mine, have the exhaust move back behind the uh, B pillar, um, which always looks a little better. Yeah. Uh, then there's the turbo one that has it move back, but then there's a the turbo one that has it move forward. Like it's 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 kind of all over the road. Yeah. But it'll help little things like that and lug patterns or lugs lug versus center lock. And, and when you when you look at photos and you try to look at the uh, like crossbars and stuff for the roll cage, you can kind of see. Like, oh, this guy runs a B-pillar bar. This guy doesn't run a B-pillar bar. Right. Or it, later ones did, and the early ones didn't. Uh, it was interesting to do, and, and talking to Bobby Rahal, and I was telling him, I was like, oh, we're gonna, we're, we got a 79 911 tub. We're going to be recreating that car, and he's super interested in seeing that. Uh, the Whistler Mustang was there, which we always like. Yeah, like that. Um, the uh, Motorcraft Mustang was there, which we always like. Yeah, that the, the dark blue motorcraft one. Yeah, that one. That's the one that locked up and took the three point five Batmobile into the wall. We've had a million conversations about race. that one, and then I was like, we walked up in that car, the blue one. We're like, oh, this looks really good. We're like, oh yeah, they must have just finished it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was they had it fixed because that three point five came back. Um, Han Stuck car, blah blah blah. I always say, uh, God, the. Uh, the wisdom of the hill and the start finish line. Mm-hmm. I just, there's a couple racetracks that have that. And the wisdom of <clears throat> everybody who's up front has crested the hill, seen that a 935 has blown up a turbo and is shoot spitting like parts and oil on the track. <laughs> Everyone, all those people start slowing down. Yeah. Everybody in the back is on it. Yeah. 
And then when they come over the hill, that's when they can discover that no one else is racing in front of them. And then it's quick decision time on cold brakes and cold tires. And I, again, like if they just did that front straight away in such a way where you could see all the way down it, I don't think the guys in behind would be charging. Maybe that's what the spotter's for. Yeah, let me tell you about the spotter, and they don't have spotters. Or if they did, you couldn't hear them because you'd be on full yeah, full throttle fine. there. The flag guys are for that. But let me tell you <laughs> something. Flag guys, you miss the first flag offering. It's the second and third, you see. the On the straightaway, everyone's just on it with tunnel vision. That yellow flag comes out on the straight. People see the next flag station. Yeah. It's not the first one. All right. Um let me tell you about uh, Zybar Ultra Thin Coating for manifolds, headers, turbos. Oh, yeah, turbos, tailpipes. They just take the turbo part and do the whole housing, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Mufflers and tips. Thickness of uh, 0.001 inch reduces radiant heat by 90%. The uh, first DIY thermal coating for your uh, car of its kind. Um that can apply Zybar yourself. They have a uh, there's a video and a written step by step instructions at uh, zycoat.com. There's three awesome colors. They got bronze, <clears throat> midnight black, and cast silver. I think they'll mix you up a custom color as well if you want to go down that road. It's available at zycoat.com and auto part locations like uh, AutoZone. CarCast listeners get 15% off plus free shipping on online orders. Just enter promo code CarCast when you uh, buy Zycoat.com. This stuff is the real deal, people. If you're into performance, check it out. Zycoat.com takes that heat off, man. Hey, me, San Francisco. Tonight, Cobb's Comedy Club. Tonight, two shows. Come on out. And then uh, also tomorrow night as well. Uh, Friday, Saturday night. So check that out, 19th and 20th. Uh, also, uh, not Taco Bell material available for rent or purchase at uh, Chassis and Amazon and iTunes. Thank you. Leave a review. We appreciate it. Sacramento, Thunder Valley Resort and Casino. Get rid of those casino bucks, Max Pata. That'll be next Friday. I'll be up on stage doing stand up there. Adam Corolla goes racing. You can download uh, at Vero and uh, watch us at Monterey driving Newman's. GT1 championship car. First time that thing's been on the track since 85, 86. Yeah. Uh, shift and steer. Let's not forget the motorator, man. Thank you. I'll be Check at, that uh, out. New York Auto Show, and I'll bring back that interview with uh, with uh, the GTR and Z guy and Pete Brock. Hiroshi Tamura. Yeah. He's the chief product specialist, and uh, Pete Brock over there as well. Yep. I love that. Ask him about that rendezvous video so until next time this is adam carolla for matt the moderator deandrea saying keep the <laughs> keep the air in the spare and the and the windshield wiper pump <laughs> yeah, yeah. and and the bag and the wheel for the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. CarCast Show.